am your father. This is, this is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Yo, what it do, what it is, man. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and you are listening to the Established 1984 podcast, man. Uh, I believe we are on episode 16, man. Uh, we just did uh, Tashika Tashik's. Uh, from Power 106, and we've got one of her uh, one of her fellow members uh, from the station, man. Um, I've known this dude probably probably since like 2004. He's gonna be like, nah, not 2004, probably 2006, and then I'm gonna tell him when we met. So <laughs> I, I got somebody who I definitely respect, but uh, I know we've uh, we've probably seen uh, seen things from a different perspective, and this is a great opportunity to get to sit down and chat. I have uh, Bird Sanchez, DJ Bird, uh, on the line. Bird, how are you? What's going on, Brandon? I'm cooling, man. What's good? Ain't another man. Ain't another man. So. I mean, golly, I don't think we've had a chance to really sit down and chat for, for years. I mean, I've been MIA for about five, and I know, um, you know, I was moving around for Black Alumni Weekend, so I only got to dap you up and everything, but it was it was good to see you, man. I'm proud of everything that you got to do. I'm looking forward to being able to sit down and chop it up with you and kind of see what's been going on for the last few years with you. Well, let's, well, let's get it done, boss man. All right, so why don't you tell me, uh, because I, I got to learn a little bit about you myself, um, what side of town do you rap? What side of town are you from? Uh, I mean, I've been I've been Southside forever, man. I, I started on the north, you know what I'm saying. Was um, off Pearl for a little while with okay. my grandma, but you know what I'm saying. But it's it's really Southside, you know what I'm saying. I went to Southside Middle School. I went to Eagle High School. So yeah, it's pretty much Southside with me. Okay. Do you, do you, do you think that being a Southside guy, especially having a gone to the Northside uh, for a brief time with your grandmother and things like that, do you feel like being a Southside cat kind of shaped you in a unique way? I mean. I mean, I, I just think Jacksonville, period. I mean, because all side of town, it's, it's the same thing on every side. It just might be a little bit more of something on, uh, you know what I'm saying, a respective side. But as far as the same thing, you know what I'm saying, I'm from the south, but I have friends from the north, my home way east, west, so it's all, all the same. Okay, okay, fair enough. Now, you graduated from Inglewood High, but I know that I, I remember you being a basketball guy, right? That's kind of what you were doing in high school and in college and stuff, right? Yeah, that's 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 what that's what paid for my, my college, my my education, a little basketball. Yeah, I did play for the great Inglewood High School. Yeah, okay. you know what I'm saying? We did we did that. <laughs> <laughs> How good were y'all, man? Uh, shoot, my junior year, my sophomore year, we went to the Final Four. My junior year, we went to like the Elite Eight and lost eight games the whole season so i mean i played with some dogs it was pretty <laughs> crucial cool 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 now I, I i know you went to college obviously that's obvious but i from where i remember you it seems like you kind of bounced all over so talk a little bit about where you went to college at and all that kind of stuff well when i graduated from high school i didn't have any scholarship offers or anything like that so mm-hmm. i went to fccj at the time okay I walked on the basketball program my freshman year. I was a walk-on, and my sophomore year I was a scholarship. I had a scholarship, and I was a captain. I played there, 
Mm-hmm. Then I left there and went to a private Baptist college in Georgia called Bruton Parker. Mm-hmm. And I finished there. Then I finished playing basketball there and then came home and I was at JU for a minute and then that was it. Okay, okay. Now it's funny that you say, I wanted to be sure that you were at FCCJ because that's why I say we met in 2004. Do you remember when we met? I, I don't I don't even remember 2004 it's a blur <laughs> I'm like I was drunk it's blur it's so funny because we met with me overreacting because of an altercation I had a girlfriend at the time her name was Shalandia Williams we were on we were at South Campus upstairs you were on the pool table talking to her and I just completely overreacted I pulled a pool stick threw it at you. it was a whole big to do <laughs> that's my initial meeting for you which is why when I come back in like 06 when you're with Point Blank I'm like oh man I know this nigga from somewhere I was like I was I was worried that we were going to have to get into an altercation because I was overreacting because I guess y'all were friends or something or whatever but yeah that's how we first met I don't even met. remember that bro <laughs> I don't even remember that I had to shoot you a picture when we, when we get offline of it. You probably gonna be like, "Yeah, man, I know that girl." Like, yeah, I just was completely overreacting. But I mean, I was on drugs and doing a whole bunch of crazy shit. But that is actually the first time I met you. Well, there you have it. <laughs> After we met at FSCJ, I went to Tallahassee, and when I came back, I first started seeing you around Point Blank. Uh, when did that relationship form? Um, and probably my last year at um, FCCJ, uh. I lived in uh, all the all the scholarship athletes. We lived in some apartments called Melrose or whatever. And what happened was, at that time, a point blank DJ. His name was D Money. Mm-hmm. D Money was just finishing at UNF playing baseball, and um, he was under 151. So he was like, you know, the opening DJ for 151. Right. And uh, he had just bought some new equipment. So I saw the equipment and wanted to learn how to use it. So I used to, I used to, I started going to his house, messing around with equipment. And when he would go to the club, I would like, you know carry his CDs, help him carry the equipment in. I was just trying to learn. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's how it kind of happened. I was just, you know, used to be standing in the DJ booth and just chilling, and I'll never forget. It was like a Memorial Weekend, and the dude that usually talked on the microphone, he wasn't there. And I mm-hmm. don't remember who asked me, but somebody was just like, hey, can you talk on the microphone? And I was like, um, I don't know. And they're like, well, I'm here. <laughs> that's how that started. Yeah, because uh, I know both uh, both 151 and, and uh, D Money weren't much in the way of talkers early on in their career, so they definitely needed no, the MCs. No, no. No, so, no. Now, how would you describe your initial position with the company? Was it just as an MC, or were you more involved? I was just an MC. That was it. I didn't know how the business ran. I was, you know, I didn't even know who the who the chess players were as far as what was going on in the truck. So I just knew Ivory was the boss, and I knew Sean Don, and I knew Roger. I knew Lonnie, and you know what I'm saying? That was pretty much it. So, I mean, it was just over time, you know what I'm saying, just being around, I learned more. But in the beginning, I was just the mic man. That was it. Okay. So... So initially, and this is this is uh, this is good information for I think a lot of people who uh, who are interested in getting into the industry. They think that there's some sort of unique way that we all get in that, that's like, oh, okay, you come in and instantly you're you're making a bunch of money and you know you're you're doing business with all the movers and shakers. No, generally speaking, whether it's DJing, whether you decide you want to be a rapper, whether you decide you want to be a club promoter, it really doesn't matter what the situation is. Usually, you're gonna come in in a role just kind of like, hey. You do this thing, you know, one night a week. Uh, probably don't make any money doing it. If you if you get lucky enough to make up some money, it's maybe fifty dollars or something like that, and a pat on the back right. for the good job. That's that's probably the gist of it, wouldn't you say? Uh, 
definitely agree. <laughs> I definitely agree. <laughs> I mean, it's all, when it comes to promotions and stuff, and this is something I had to learn. It's all, you know what I'm saying, checks and balances. It's all, you know what I'm saying, like what you're worth to the company. You could have, i give you a perfect example. And this is an example I, I give to young DJs and young promoters, and it's something I had to learn. It's not about your talent mm-hmm. at all. It's about what you bring to the table. Right. So if you are a club and you booked me to DJ, right? You promoted me to come DJ, and I came to your event, and I was the best DJ you ever heard. Mm-hmm. And 500 people came. Right. That's cool. All right, 500 came. So then you call to book me again, and I'm not available, and you book uh, DJ uh, Dookie Sticks. And mm-hmm. when DJ Dookie Sticks comes, he's the worst DJ you ever heard. But 2,500 people came. Right. Who you think book the third time? Right, like, exactly. And, and, and you might book me for your personal party like you know I just want to hear some good music but to bring the revenue you're going to book the DJ and put the people in there and that goes with a DJ an artist a celebrity any, anybody you're trying to book you know what I'm saying unless you have some kind of other agenda and that's just one thing people have to learn right and I think that that's it's funny that you say that because that was part of a conversation that I think uh you know, me and uh, me and Ricky had on an early episode of the podcast. If you guys haven't had a chance to check that out, feel free. It's in uh, it's you know, it's in the files and whatnot. But um, when Ricky and I were talking, he was even talking about when he first started DJing, he was terrible. But I right. mean, Ricky had the ability to draw a crowd, so it really didn't matter whether or not he was good or bad. Ricky could draw a crowd, so he was gonna be on somebody's club night, you know, once, twice a week, whatever it was, and he was gonna be making money because he could. He had a following and he could bring a crowd, whether that was through MySpace, Facebook, or, or just, you know, right. the streets in general. So, uh, I mean, that, that you're right. Yeah. Now, I, I do have to ask you a question because, I mean, when we did a Black Alumni Weekend for UNF, um, that was last month, um, I saw on the, on Instagram you did the video where you were kind of promoting that, uh, you know, 151 was coming back for the Saturday night at Pure. Um, you, you've spoken a great deal about 151 and how he was someone that you kind of looked up to initially and who taught you how to DJ. Can you talk a little bit about uh, about your relationship with 151 and and then also a little bit about the breakup uh, of him from Point Blank and your perspective on how it on how it impacted well, really, I guess, the business and whatnot? Really, really, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, what I'm saying 151 was was very. Um, important and you know what I'm saying be learning how to DJ but he wasn't the only one right you know what I'm saying D Money 151 Q45 and Bigger Rankings those four make up you know what I'm saying the me right how I learned but just in the instance of, of Mike I mean you know 151 it was just you know him giving me the opportunity to DJ it's kind of like if if 151 was Tiger Woods for a few years I was his caddy mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so what happens is if if I'm Michael Jordan's ball boy, mm-hmm. while he free throws and he shoot jumpers, after a while I'm gonna learn how to shoot. Right. I, mean, I might not be good as him, but I'm gonna know the technique. I'm gonna know how to shoot, and that's what happened. What, what happened was, you know, DJ is just like any other job. Some days you get tired or you sick or you don't want to do it. So you know what I'm saying? Mike would. You know what I'm saying? Might be talking to a girl and be like, "Hey, play the next song." Or I'm gonna run to the bathroom. But, so I got intrigued with DJing. Right. And I started to learn how to DJ. So I remember we had a conversation and he called me and he was like, how do you feel about DJing and your position within the company? And I was like, you know, it's cool. You know, I open up for you. I talk on the mic, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, you need to get your contacts around the state up, you know what I'm saying? So you can DJ in other places. And um, as he talked, and the next thing he just said out of the booth, he's like, yeah, cause I'm moving to LA. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, yeah, like, 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 mind you, this like a, this like a Friday talk. Right. Like, I'm over to the state. I'm like, oh, oh, well, like, how long? He's like, yeah, I'm leaving Monday. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, one thing one just picked up and left. Mm-hmm. And a lot, of, a lot of people ask me all the time, like, your name's Bird Sanchez. Where did you get that from? Right. And it was because of the situation of Mike leaving. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What happened was, you know, after Mike left, we had a point blank meeting. We all sitting in. Ivory's house and Ivory's just like oh yeah Bird you the new DJ at this point I didn't have <laughs> I didn't have equipment I didn't have nothing right. they was like yeah you gotta figure it out and one of my co-workers Jay Floyd you know traditionally you know what I'm saying when a quarterback was a rookie they used to come in and sit behind somebody right. and burn or whatever right. but that year whatever year that was that was the year Mark Sanchez got drafted yeah. and his coach was like yeah, he, he coming in, he gonna play, you know what I'm saying? He not sit behind nobody, we gonna put the team on his back. Right. And then Jay Floyd's like, but you are Mark Sanchez, you Bird Sanchez. Like that's where it came from. And they've been calling me that his Right. So what exactly what exactly were your feelings about it? Because I mean, I've talked to I've I've only talked to Ivory uh, just slightly about the whole situation, but I've talked to Mike and Depp because we were both living in Atlanta this past year. He's come over to my house, you know, for parties and stuff like that. So we've had an opportunity to really sit down and talk. And I know that him coming for Black Alumni Weekend and being in the same space with Ivory, that was something that I think he was a little bit nervous about as far as what the interaction was going to be like because he hadn't seen him. He didn't know what the relationship was going to be like at that point. And I think maybe he thought that there was some... Uh, some ill feelings towards him just kind of packing up and leaving. So to that point of what you mentioned about, you know, on a Friday, he says, Hey, I'm moving to LA on Monday. What, it, what, it, what were I, your I'll feelings? Interrupt, but it wasn't, it wasn't that. That's not why, you know what I'm saying? It was kind of how 151 did it. It wasn't what he did. It was how he did it, how he went about it. was stuff leading up to that. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And Mike's biggest thing was he was tired of DJing the same way. He was tired of DJing 18 and up. He was tired of DJing hood. He wanted to play reggae. He wanted to play other kind of music. And Ivory always said, like, it's going to change. Like, clubs are not going to have 18 and up people in it for too long. Like, the city is going to go upscale. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? But I guess it did move fast enough for Mike. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. In my opinion. Right. So he decided to do other things. And, and that's just how it went. Okay. Fair enough. Now, around the same time that all of this took place, or perhaps a little bit before, uh, Point Blank also parted ways with D-Money. Some might say that's because of me and, and my relationship with Ivory and, and, of course, Chose at the time. I got a couple of questions for you. What was uh, your relationship with D-Money and your uh, perception on his departure from Point Blank? We'll go with that first. Uh, my relationship with D-Money was that was Ace Boom Coon. Like, when we, when we left... Like, we left those apartments. I went on to my next school or whatever, and D-Money moved out of those apartments. But when I would come home on the weekend, I would stay at his house. You know what I'm saying? That was my dog. Drive his car if I needed to go somewhere. You know what I'm saying? That was my dog. And his frustration to me was he wanted, I guess there was a lot of that. In the beginning, 151 wasn't that good of a DJ. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? D-Money had an ear for music like he was talking about music that he was going to be big for yeah. him to do it like so D-Money was ahead of the curve and he wanted more opportunity that he felt like he wasn't getting and I can remember us having a conversation where Ivory told him like at this point we were still like we were doing team parties too mm-hmm. and I was like yeah I want you to be the team party DJ and DJ D-Money was like I ain't trying to do that like he didn't want to do that mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying 
and I, I guess, and, and this is my experience from Ivory, like, if you look at what he says, eventually it comes to pass. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact, are, are you going to wait? You know what I'm saying? Everybody don't wait. Some people go, that's like Ricky. Ricky did both. Mm-hmm. Ricky waited and did his own thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? He didn't leave the team, but he also knew, knew, he also knew he was valuable and did his own thing at the same time. Right. So, I mean, other people just left all together. And I, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Right. Now, at that time, uh, I guess the the second part of the question is at that time, what were your feelings t- on me and my company's interaction with the Point Blank Entertainment camp? And do you think I caused a divide between D Money and Ivory? Be honest. I mean, shoot straight. Oh no, I don't think I, I, I don't think it was that. Like I don't like, and, and at, at that point, I wasn't in the the know of really what was going on in the hierarchy of things. Like I didn't know what conversations you and Ivory had. You talk about two bosses of two different companies I wouldn't even know like you you know what I'm saying I didn't have what they say in the White House I didn't have the, uh, the clearance <laughs> you know what I'm saying I don't know like I just used to be happy to come get my 50 dollars <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being straight up like okay. I didn't know you know what I'm saying I my role didn't change within the company until I bought Pure Right. Like when when they bought, that's when the whole thing changed. Of you know, what I'm saying I, my importance to the company, what I did, my different roles, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I think for a lot of people, there, there's this perception, whether it's accurate or not, that that Ivory and I have had this ongoing feud for years. But I, and I've said this many times to many different people who I know have relationships with him and who have had relationships with me. Ira is like a mentor to me. I mean, he's somebody that I always looked up to. I'm a very competitive person, and I think that as a byproduct of me being very competitive and not wanting to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I can see how this guy can leverage me into being successful and saying, okay, I'm going to just be under this guy and, and work my way to success, you know, through his team. I was like, nah, I want to do my own thing. I have my own imprint over here, and I wanted to create a name for myself, and I think whether that was with Ivory, because I can't say because Ivory's never said to me one way or another, but I think through some people, there was this sense of like, you know what I'm saying, oh, Brandon want to take advantage of, you know, the the benefits that he can gain by working with Ivory, being in his clubs and stuff like that, promoting his stuff, but at the same time, when it comes down to really making sure he look out for the home team, Brandon doesn't do that, and I think that, you know, some people, that caused some resentment somewhere along the line. And I mean, it, it, might, it might be like, you know, one thing I didn't say about Ivory is, you know, Ivory's a real loyal guy. Mm-hmm. So, guys that he's rocking with, like, you really have to commit some kind of major sin for him not for him to stop rocking with you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like I said, man, when that stuff was going on, I was a, I was a new fish, man. I was just, you know, hey, man, come to the club. I'm going to talk on this mic. I'm trying to learn how to DJ. I didn't have no dealings of what was going on because, one, it wasn't my business, too. Like I said, I didn't have the clearance. And three, I didn't see the direct correlation of what it had to do with my job. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I, I don't know. People used to talk about the hierarchy of things. I used to be like, oh, all right. Like, well, <laughs> like, hey, man. I'm telling you, man, it, it was it was a very tense time back then. I mean, for me personally, I know that I I spent a lot of time trying to do what I could to because there was this team over here that I felt like, OK, if we stayed up on the ivory, we weren't really going to get anywhere. These people weren't going to get the exposure. And so I had to do what I had to do for my camp. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, it didn't always 
it didn't always jive with uh, with what I think you know other people thought I should be doing. But to that point, I guess the third question, which is the one that everybody loves to ask me about when they see me and reflect on history, what were your thoughts on the Chose video? What Chose video? You talking about that uh, that Job of the Hut video that I did years ago on Facebook? Oh, see, see, that's what I'm saying. I'm green. I don't even remember that. I don't remember that, bro. I promise. You. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's so crazy because, like, all that stuff back then is a blur. Like, I can remember monumental things that happened. Like, I can remember a gunshot going off in in real thing. I can remember, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can remember stuff like that. Right. I can remember. I can remember at the rock scene, somebody getting hit by a car crossing the street. Like, oh man. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Nah, like, I remember that too. I was there that night. And, and you know, well, first of all, we like chose my dog. We you know been been it's so much. I man, hey, oh no, <laughs> I can't recall, bro. Uh, man, I, I I have a lot of respect for Chose now. I mean, I think I think it's another one of those situations where, you know, two guys two guys are very competitive. I mean, he's very, very passionate, and I think very, very loyal to Ivory. And I think as a byproduct of that, if he felt, if he feels like people in his camp are being wronged in any way, um, he gonna stand up for them. And I'm kind of the same way. So it was a, it was a situation where it was very tense for a while. I think it was like 2009, 2010. You know, he he made a couple comments and jabbed me, so I um, I had to jab him back real quick, and it turned into this whole thing because the reason why I asked you is because Ricky brought it up on, on his interview where he was talking about man you just like you just went out of your way to like embarrass this man <laughs> like, I was like man I'm sorry man I mean it was what it was you know yeah, yeah see I don't even I don't even remember that yeah I, I've taken it down I wouldn't I wouldn't post it on uh on the internet anymore it was it was a, a bit below the belt I'll put it like that so <laughs> now um Talk to me a little bit about becoming the primary DJ for Point Blank Entertainment um, and that experience, because I was kind of I was kind of out of the loop. I was out of the industry when you kind of started that that rise. So what 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 was that process like for you? Um, the process was cool, man. It was like, I mean, it was it was by default, kind of. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That's like if you're the quarterback of the football team, you don't have a backup. Like, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. I mean. I, after me, Ricky came, and mm-hmm. it was me and Rick. But like Rick said in the beginning, he wasn't good enough for them to trust him to DJ a whole night or DJ certain events. So right. it was really just me, unless Q45 was available. You know what I'm saying? So it was me and Q45. And really what happened was, Ivory had such a distaste about DJs because of how him and how Mike, that situation went. Mm-hmm. He kind of just came to me and was like, I don't care what you do, Bird. You over the DJs. Make it work. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really have no DJs. You know what I'm saying? Fat Pat came along later, you know, but it was really just me. And then as I grew as a DJ, you know what I'm saying, that's when Ivory came back around. I was like, okay, now we can pay attention to DJs again because at, at one point he didn't give a damn. All right. Wow, that, that, me hearing that makes it seem like he took the 151 thing personal, like in a in a way that like he generally doesn't because of the business let you, stuff. Let me tell you, let me tell you what. It wasn't Mike leaving. I'll give you one example of what Mike did. Like, we, we opened Climax. This is the time where Mike has, we had a Friday night that got shut down and Mike went to the beach with Vernon. What was that called? Twisted? Twisted Sister, because I was promoting over there too, yeah. Mom, okay, Mike was at Twisted Sister. So we were getting a Friday night back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really expected Mike just to come. And Mike didn't want to go. 
and I was telling Mike, this is your time. They they want you back. This is your time for bargaining power. Like, <laughs> you come to the table now, sit down and talk some numbers. Right. But at the end of the day, I don't remember what that, that he stayed at Twisted Sisters or whatever, so then Climax came. So, you know, Climax had three different rooms. Mm-hmm. It was Top Flight was going to be in the strip club. 151 was going to be in the main room. I was going to be in the middle room. Right. The day we opened, 151 was nowhere to be found. So, like, everybody knew about me and Mike's relationship that a lot of times you'll call Mike, he won't answer, but if I call him, he'll answer. Right. So, everybody called him Mike, everybody called him Mike, and he didn't answer. Mm-hmm. So, they're like, Bird, call 151. So, I called 151. I was like, Bro, where you at? You know the club's finna open. He's like, Oh, yeah. I'm in Miami. Like, I ain't gonna teach it. <laughs> now, did, had somebody talked to him, or, or did they just make the assumption no. that he was gonna be there? No, that's why I was mad. <laughs> <laughs> Mike just bumped. He like, you know what I'm saying? And this was his coming back to, like, point blank. Mm-hmm. So when he did that, that, that was kind of like the last straw. I was just like, washed his hands. I was in the main room. He put Fat Pat in a little room, and then Top Flight went to the strip club but that kind of severed the business relationship and you know what I'm saying there was one thing where Ivory felt the way and now all his partners feel the way mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying right so it's not like his partners feel the way and Ivory like nah we still gonna rock you know what I'm saying Ivory kind of felt the way now everybody else feel the way you know Ivory feel the way versus Chose feel the way is 10 times more right versus, you know what I'm saying then it's even worse Cause it's hard to make Roger feel away. Now you got Roger. <laughs> feel. You know what I'm saying? That's just how it went. Like so, I mean, that's why it was like that. Where I was like, he didn't give a damn because he kind of felt like, you know, what I'm saying that was kind of like a slap in the face. Right. Now, um, I guess talk to me a little bit about um about growing your brand and how you got the Power 106. What's the difference uh of working on radio? And working a live crowd, what's the difference between that? A live crowd, I can do what I want. <laughs> I can play what I want. I can play whatever I want. Right. I can do anything. That yeah, radio is, you know, that's corporate. That's just like somebody working for, you know, what I'm saying Bank of America. I work for Cox Media. Like you going, you know, what I'm saying they have an agenda, and you gonna follow it, or you lose your job, just like anybody else. <laughs> right. I mean, how I got on the radio though. Um, DJ Swag, um, one of the dudes I really respect in the DJ game, he started an internet radio a station called My Tenacity Radio. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, him and Ron and Don, you know, they were putting together a team. So he went and got Shab, then he went and got me, then he went and got Money Good. So that's what, that's what the team was, the DJs. It was me, Shab, Money Good, and Swag. And we kind of like set the city on fire when it came to just internet radio, radio period. You know what I'm saying? It was raw. We played what we wanted. We said what we want. We had fun. Whatever, whatever. So, you know, Money Good and Swag got an opportunity to be on 106.1. Mm-hmm. When they got on 106.1, they were doing so well, you know what I'm saying? The, the powers that be over there said, hey, man, who else can we put in here to make an impact like y'all did? Right. And I was one of the names. So what happened was it was me and, like, three other people and, um, the program director groomed us or whatever. We did air checks and then they sent the air checks to Atlanta where, you know what I'm saying, the dude who makes the final decision, he listened to him mm-hmm. and he picked me. 
and that's how it was. So it's kind of money good and swag led the horse to water, but you know I still had to make them drink. <laughs> <laughs> so was how are you feeling about about working on Power One Hundred Six? What's that experience been like for you? I mean, it's, I'm, I'm learning every day. It's still, you know, what I'm saying a new opportunity, and I haven't really even got into it as deep as Swag and Money Good have yet. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's a little it's a little I, I want to say it's a little different for me because their show is a, a tandem. You know, they work together. Right. I'm not doing by myself, so it's sometimes it's easier, and it makes for better. You know what I'm saying? Better topics, better conversation when you have somebody to go back and forth with. So I always tell them I'm, I'm envious that they got a one-two punch. But it's all good. You know, I, I work hard and try to figure out different nicks and, you know what I'm saying, stuff that I can do to, to build my brand on the radio station. Like I said, I'm still learning. Okay. Now, what's your current role with uh, with Point Blank Entertainment and Crown Capital Group? Because I know you said that things changed once, uh, once they purchased Pure. So what's your current role? What are those job responsibilities like? Well, as of now... I mean, it's just, I'm just over the DJs, and, and when it comes to the music part, DJs getting booked, it pretty much goes to me. I said that comment about Pure is because I went to school for management, okay. business management, but the Pure Open, I, my role was to, I ran Pure. Okay. I mean, I was the manager, so I ordered the liquor. I handled all the inquiries that went in and out. I was there if we had something that wasn't on a club. Like, I was there every night the club was open. Right. Just on Saturdays. When we had a night, I didn't hold a management role. I was just a DJ. But Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, like I was the go-to guy. Okay. Okay. Now, what are your feelings on the on the Jacksonville market now? Whether that's from a club perspective or from a from an artist perspective, do you feel like from a club scene that that, that Jacksonville's uh, nightlife is still strong? Um, and then also, what's your perception on the on the current talent base? When it comes to nightclubs, like, you know, Jacksonville isn't like a, a Atlanta or a Miami or, you know what I'm saying? That's like, you were in Atlanta, Brandon. You know on Friday night, you might be able to go to four clubs mm-hmm. or maybe five clubs that cater to the same type of people. And three strip clubs. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So you could go to an upscale party, leave that one and go to another one and leave that one and go to another one and leave that one and go to another one. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's actually really not like that. So, I mean, it's hard to get a young professional to go out every week. Right. The same for years and years and years. Like, so, I mean, that's that's the test of how good of a promotional company we are that Pure is still open and people are in it. And you know what I'm saying? We can have multiple things going on at one time. As far as the talent in Jacksonville, um, I feel like it is some talent. I mean, but my issue is some people that are talented don't know what to do and have their business right. You know what I'm saying? You can rap. You can make a song. But your song's not mixed and mastered. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's 2017 and you're still bringing me a CD. Like, it's just stuff like that. Like, people don't understand. My, whole, my biggest thing about an artist, like, I want them to understand as you go in the studio... You know what I'm saying? And your phone blowing up, and it's your old lady, or it's somebody, you pick up the phone and say, hey, bro, I'm working. I got to hit you back. It's the same thing when I'm in the club. When you walk up to me at 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I'm now working. Right. So I can't stop doing it. And that's why I give shout-out to, you know what I'm saying, artists like, you know what I'm saying, Belize, artists like Trap, T-Roll, uh, Smash Jackson, who else? 
ICM, it's a lot of Cord Money, Bo Gunner. Like, these are artists who are going to pick up the phone, boss game, and like, they will let you know, hey, I got this, here's an email, it's coming through, blah, blah, versus walking up to me while I'm working, trying to get me to play a song. And I, that's what I, you know what I'm saying, I don't understand, and I appreciate from those artists, you know what I'm saying? So as far as the talent pool, it, it's a lot of talent in Jacksonville, I think. It's just about who's doing it right and who's not. Right. All right. Now I'm gonna ask you. Uh, I'm gonna ask you about a couple of people and a couple of things. I'm just gonna kind of name them off, and I want you to kind of just tell me a little bit about what comes to mind. Okay. All right. Tokyo Jets. A monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, a monster. She can she can wrap her ass off. I talked to Tokyo. I was talking Tokyo. Was you know what I'm saying? In a little, in a little stack, probably a few weeks ago. So we were talking almost every day. But right. you know, what I'm saying I, I known Tokyo before the deal when we were still in Aqua. Tokyo been the same ever since then, and I mess with her all the time. I say when I call, she still answer. I say you ain't Hollywood yet. I appreciate that. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, the Roxy. <laughs> <Dead>. <laughs> 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 I mean, it was it, it really was the beginning, like for me, like you know what I'm saying. I was still wet behind the ears. It probably mean more to you know what I'm saying, Ivory than it do to me because I was in the beginning, beginning. I was just a patron mm-hmm. before I started talking to them. So it really didn't mean that much to me. Stuff didn't start getting important to me until like the real team. Okay, okay. And to that point, the real team. That's when it, that's when the party started. Huh? <laughs> that's when I first I finally. You know what I'm saying? Got my feet wet and understood this is what I wanted to do. I was going to school in Georgia then. My school was two and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. There were some people like questioning, was I really in college? Because I used to be home every weekend. Like, <laughs> you was home every weekend, bro. Like, real talk. I was home, but. <laughs> Pretty Ricky. Oh, pistol starter. Uh, <laughs> my dog, we had plenty of conversations, plenty of arguments, but I know we got a heart of gold. That's my nigga. It's just, you know, Ricky gonna say how you feel. And he don't give a damn. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Ricky's the type of person that, you know what I'm saying, if he gotta apologize, he'll do it later. He ain't gonna do it right now. He'll cuss me out a lot of times. <laughs> I mean, that's in public, private. Yeah, Ricky cussed me out on the mic one night at home. Uh, um, we had a birthday. <laughs> I had to actually snatch the mic from him. And we had to go to a private place where we had to get this shit straight. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. It's so funny. He told me a story about how him and Ivory got into it at a meeting. And he told Ivory, nigga, make me leave. And they're at Ivory's house. <laughs> yeah, he just bounced. And that ain't no lie. <laughs> and, and when he went outside, I was in the outside talking to him. Like, bro, you got to chill. Like, it was me. But yeah, he lied about that. He lied. <laughs> That boy crazy. Young Cash. Um, shit. Like, when you talk about Jacksonville, like, he wanted to, I don't want to, I don't want to say a goat, because I don't want to disrespect nobody else, but, I mean, as far as catalog, what he's done for the city, what he represent, I mean, what he been through, I feel like, you know what I'm saying, he stand the test of time, I got, like, 150% respect for him. Like, shit. A lot of people would have went through what he went through and when he came back. You know what I'm saying? And it's bigger than music. Like, you know what I'm saying? What him and Malik did with Yamas, just what he what he's done for the city period, you gotta respect it. Right. 100%. Roger from there. A 
deadbeat. Nah, that's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's, another, listen, that's another dude that in the beginning of my point blank career who really took care of me and looked out for me because he didn't have to. You know what I'm saying? Right. So a lot of a lot of respect for Rogers man. Like you know what I'm saying? I give the shirt off my back as long as I had another shirt. <laughs> I love Roger to death. He's like the Jim Jones. I like to call him the capo of point blank entertainment because he, he definitely he definitely does kind of fit that role. And there's many times that, you know, I get frustrated with something about Ivory or something where, you know, Ivory didn't want to pay us uh, from a street team perspective where I felt like we deserved. Roger, ring that phone. Now, Brandon, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a point, Ivory would tell you. Roger was point blank. When Ivory was, you know what I'm saying, having his daughter and stuff, and you know what I'm saying, stuff going on, mm. Roger held a point down for a while. Yeah. Big ranking. He's the OG. I mean, I, I, I'll be totally honest with you. Bigger ranking is one of the reasons why I think Ivory, you know what I'm saying, gave me more opportunities. Because in the beginning, you know what I'm saying, when people start seeing that Billy saw worth in me, other people start noticing. Like, before that, oh, Barry, yeah, you cool, dog. Like, but when I start hanging around and running, you know what I'm saying, going different places with Billy, being around, people start noticing, like, oh, shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and he's taught me a lot. Like, I can still call him right now. We're going to talk. He's going to still put me up on game. I just appreciate, you know what I'm saying, a lot of the opportunities he's done for me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of opportunities he gave me and a lot of things he's done for me that you know what I'm saying? I ain't even asked for it. He just did it out. The love, you know what I'm saying? And some people have crazy stuff to say about him, but I've never had an experience where it wasn't nothing but positive. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Q45. Sure. Same thing. That's like my OG to put me up on game, too. Like, you crazy now. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't got them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But as far as DJing and how the game going. You know what I'm saying? How important certain stuff is. Like, Q45, out of many trips to Miami, Orlando, you know what I'm saying? Seeing different things, being able to experience what DJs like outside of Jacksonville. Because you you haven't seen a club for real if you just live in Jacksonville. Right. He's probably the greatest DJ I've ever seen. Us us at Crown Capital, we try to do our best. You know what I'm saying? Right. But as a DJ, it's hard that, you know what I'm saying? I can't play some of the biggest records in America because I'm in Jacksonville. Right. See what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I understand. Well, like, you know what I'm saying? Bro, there's no reason why, you know what I'm saying, I should be getting a crazy response when I drop Chance the Rapper, but in Jacksonville, I'm not. But going places with you, you, yeah, that's real. You're going to get those responses. You know what I'm saying? I'm in South, South Beach. I'm in Orlando. We've been a few places where, you know, it's, it's you can actually play the music that is supposed to be played. Right. And I had to learn that the hard way. Me and Ricky learned that the hard way. Right. I, I, I tell everybody, Q45 is the greatest DJ that I have ever seen with my two eyes. That's no disrespect to, to anybody else. No, 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 no. Greatest no. DJ I've ever seen with my own I, two eyes. I, listen, I definitely agree. Q45 is the only DJ in Jacksonville I know you can take him to the airport, put him on a blindfold, put him on a plane, and whatever city you drop him off in, he's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. 100%. Right. Either day, he's the best I've seen in my life. Yeah. 151. I mean, shit. I feel like uh, without 151, I might not be in the situation I'm in just because I was so loyal by default. 
you know what I'm saying? The situation I'm in right now would have been Mike's situation. So him stepping down, doing other things, gave me the opportunity that I have. So I always thank Mike for that. Okay. And finally, of course, CEO, Ivory Orr. What made that's what made the that's what made the whole thing move. You know what I'm saying? It, it's crazy that I, I sit down and think about a lot of decisions I've made, a lot of stuff he's done, or people that have stepped away or not agreed or didn't like it. But at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? For the most part, all this shit worked. <laughs> like, I mean, of course, running the business, you make mistakes and things don't go how you want them to go. Right. But for all intents and purposes, you know what I'm saying? on the promotional company in Northeast Florida that's doing what he's doing. Like, you definitely can put our promotional company against anything else in Florida. Like, you know what I'm saying? I agree. I mean, I agree. Man, it, it's, all, it's, all, it's all about what you like, of course, but, right. you know what I'm saying, just standing up and you know what I'm saying, I feel like we do it best with anybody, and that's all because of his vision and how he runs the team and how he acts as a leader. Right. The only competition that you have maybe is Pat Nix. That's it. This. I mean, I'm, for what we, I mean, it's crazy because Orlando is just everywhere. You know, you got, you got that, you got, like, um, you got Keith, you got, it just depends on what kind of party you're talking about. Because right. if you're talking about a, a, a party like a, in Orlando, the cocky kind ain't nothing to play with. Mmm, playing mm-hmm. over there. You're talking about a concert in Orlando, dog man don't be playing. Like, it just depends on... Like like I said, what you like. That's like if you come to Jacksonville and somebody you say I want to go to a party, I want to throw a party, I want to throw a hood party on the Sunday. Who you want? <laughs> want like the cool run? Like, <laughs> like yeah, that's a no brainer. Like right. you know what I'm saying? Right. Now you want an upscale party with suits and ties? You gonna book Billy or you gonna book? You know what I'm saying? That's not me. Right. So it just depends on what you need, what you want. Okay, fair enough. I gotta ask you this. Is Ivory the greatest rapper that you ever seen? Ivory? Yeah. Hell no. No? Hell yeah, no. Yeah, the greatest rapper I've ever seen? Fuck yeah. no. Fuck <laughs> no. You know, I, I've had multiple people on this show who have said, and I feel this way about him. Ivory, in my opinion, is the greatest rapper in the history of Duval in the last 15 years. Oh, you said Duval? Yeah. Well, I didn't say Duval, oh, but that's okay. what I mean, okay, yeah. Okay. And that's from that context. Duval, that's what put me off. Um, let's see. Who else? You think about what you think about because I keep this in mind now, and I I keep bringing this up to multiple people. I think it lyrically, like putting stuff together. Yeah, I don't feel like nobody fucking wild. Like, I can't think of nobody. But that's my point. Do you feel like he should have been a rapper? Because I, I like, like, like long term, like that should have been his profession. Because I've always said that, like, there's nothing that he's put out that I just didn't like. There's certain stuff where I'm like, ah, I wouldn't have made that single. Or, ah, I don't like I that just, beat. But there's nothing where, I like, don't think, I just don't think I would look like a rapper. I think he looks more like a rapper now than he did when he was still a little bit pudgy. I don't know no rappers with no glasses. <laughs> Damn <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like, hey. you know what I'm saying? How much looks like a rapper? <laughs> but how like much does that like really matter, though? Like, I mean, like, how much does that oh, really? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. That does matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. That's like Trinidad James. You know why he popped? Cause he was ugly as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell? 
like it was how he looked. I just look like a rapper. Now that doesn't mean he can't rap. That's like Belize looks like a rapper. Right. You, you feel what I'm saying? Well, Belize also you looks like a bouncer I'm... until he got them dreads. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I see. look like security, yeah. but you know. <laughs> it's some people. It's just some people that look a certain way, like you know what I'm saying. Not saying Ivory can't rap, but he can't. But you know what I'm saying. I just could you see Ivory on your TV screen like rapping? I'm not saying it can happen, but it's hard for me to see. And I'm gonna tell you what's crazy. I done seen Ivory. I was with Ivory Q45 and kind of happy. Well, this man did his single. In front of, uh, um, it was uh, graduation. The people ain't even know this song, and he ripped. The people left it going crazy. Mm-hmm. To the point where I was like, I want to do a song. And Q45 was like, no, like I don't want, uh, uh-uh, don't do it. And he was like, bro, I got this. And I was sitting there like, oh shit. And he actually ripped, did it in the correct way, where the people was like going stupid, like he was Jay Z or somebody. And I'm not exaggerating. I honestly, like I said, man, I, for me. I mean, I, I've always said that that Ivory Ivory creates this thing called that I always refer to as the Andre three thousand effect. Like on just about every record that he's been on, especially like on the trap records, the record that he did with Shout Out that has Swords and Nephew on it, and just his own stuff. When he gets on his own stuff, I mean, he murders people on their own shit. Like you know what I'm saying? And I I just was always it was always unfortunate to me because I was like, man, like like lyrically artistically you you get somebody in there who really is going to kind of like help work the records and, and help create a cohesive piece of art with him man the sky's the limit with that guy like you know what I'm saying but I guess I'm not thinking too much about them damn glasses that don't matter that much to me but I'm always no, cause no, I want to no, 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 see another no, album come out I really do I was just talking about how it looks like that's all like I'm just saying you got to think about either either somebody looks like and then we talk about right now either somebody looks like a rapper like a, a Belize or like a you know what I'm saying something like that or somebody is the all the way left they weird as hell mm-hmm. ain't no in the middle right if we can name every rapper right now like you got look like a rapper a green person and then a person who weird so you got rappers who like like Belize Boosie Yo Gotti Jesus they then you got like Chance the rapper. rapper. Chance the Rapper is like on the weird side. Right. Then Green would be Cole, Kendrick, Drake. Like, the director of everything God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Talk about how they look. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then you got weird, like, who's the Vert? Like, Lil Yachty. Like, they mm. just look crazy. Look at that. When you rap. <laughs> There's something to look at for people who don't look green or like rappers they relate to because that's how they look. Right. Fair enough. So it's like it's like three categories and I can't put Ivory in none three of them. Well he could be in green. He could definitely be in green. He <laughs> has to take his glasses off. He could be with Cole and Kendrick now, but he gotta take off his glasses. <laughs> I can't wait for Ivory to hear this. this is Cole, Kendrick, Chance, Ivory no glasses though no glasses no glasses ivory we, if it's no glasses ivory he might be able to be a rapper okay that nigga better get some contact <laughs> <laughs> so bird before i let you go man i have to ask you uh 
do you have any encouraging words for people looking to get into the industry? People who, you know, maybe see your path and say, okay, that's something I want to do. I want to be like DJ Bird. They're hearing you on the radio now, things like that. Uh, what's some encouraging words that you might give some guys interested in getting into the industry about about maneuvering their way through it? Um, really, I, it, this is me. It, it, I don't really think it's a blueprint, but all the people that I've seen, except for Q45, because he kind of like did it by himself. My thing is you have to get with somebody or get around some people and be able to groom your talent so you can get an opportunity. Now, that's not saying stay up under somebody's wing and do, don't do nothing else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in business, period, and life is all about building relationships and who you know. Right. So if you want to be a DJ, I was a great person to know because he has all the clubs versus not knowing it. You see what I'm saying? Right. I agree. Bigger Rankins is a great person to know, right? You know, so that's that's my uh, opinion about that. You just have to, you know, what I'm saying, get around the right people, groom your talent. You know, what I'm saying, and when you get an opportunity, make sure you make the most of your opportunity, and then also make your own opportunity. No, you don't have to wait on nobody, but right. you know. Well, Bird, I, 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 I'm, I'm glad we got an opportunity to sit down and talk. See, we ended up running almost close to an hour, man. Uh, you know, we, and I love to sit down and chat with people. I definitely want to sit down and do this again as your career continues to move and progress and you continue to grow. And again, I just want to tell you personally, man, I'm so proud of you. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm happy for you and happy ever for everything that you've been able to accomplish and, and, and the growth that I've seen come from you. Um, you are an amazing DJ, man, and I, I just respect what you do. I really do. I appreciate it, boss, man. That, that means a lot coming from you, sir. Yeah. Now, tell everybody how they can get in contact with you, how they can reach out to you, the social media stuff and whatnot. Um, my social media, man, every platform is Bird Sanchez, D-Y-R-D Sanchez. You know what I'm saying? Facebook, Instagram, you know what I'm saying? Twitter, Snap, you know what I'm saying? That's that's my, my handle. And you can get in touch with me like that. You know what I'm saying? It's about some some business, some manage. You know what I'm saying? You hit me on one of them, uh, I get my number, I call you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to Bird Sanchez. If you need to get in contact with me, you can hit me up on the email at brandonkobejacobs at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Instagram at brandonkobejacobs. I even have the Snapchat at bkjest1984. My name is Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and you have been listening to the Establish 1984 podcast. Take care.